0: Welcome to Untangling Christianity. I'm John Polstra.
1: And I'm Greg Monteith.
0: Today we're here to talk about an article from relevant magazine titled, The Church Needs to Stop Pandering to Trends, by Rochelle Held Evans. A topic of discussion on the Facebook group submitted by Evan. Evan, thanks for that. So I thought it was kind of an interesting article. It relates to... I don't know some things I've felt and experienced. Wonder if you had any thoughts or feelings to relate to it as well.
1: Yeah, I had a couple. I mean, what? But let me ask you: what? What? What struck you? Like, let's start with you. What's What struck you? Um, I mean, this is a lot to do with millennials.
0: I know that's what I thought was funny was millennials. I thought, well, was I just twenty years ahead of my time? <laughs> 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 I missed the millennial cutoff. Yeah. But I was feeling this way a long time ago. Like So the first paragraph of this article, or towards the end, there's a quote, or it's, it's quoting a Dr. Clint Jenkins mm. who explained in his research that most millennials don't look for a church facility that caters to the whims of pop culture. They want a community that calls them to deeper meaning. And I would say, yeah, I think I was always looking for deeper meaning. And then they talk at the end about Or there's a, what was it? (laughs) Something about, oh yeah. 10 years ago, two screens and a worship band was kind of great. Now clearly Mm. we're seeing that go away. And I feel that we're in a gray area where we wrestle between the pendulums shifting back. 10 years ago, two screens and a worship band was kind of great. Now clearly we're seeing that go away. And I feel like we're in this gray area where we wrestle between the pendulum shifting back to a much more liturgical tradition or is it just that music tastes change and that was a question that the interviewer was oh i guess i i guess i set this up the wrong way this is an interview in the form of a blog post with Rachel or Rochelle Held Evans is that right
1: yeah I'm, i was okay. going to mention i was going to slide that in a little later <laughs> you were going
0: thought... you were going to correct me kindly
1: I think it really is. That's not, it's not that important. <laughs> a gentle reprimand. Well, Eddie Eddie uh, is the author, obviously the one who I guess interviewed Rachel Held Evans, and out of which we have this uh, this article. But
0: so I thought it was funny because I've never been big on the the worship music, the contemporary worship music thing. And then she also relates in this article about you know finding kind of finding a home in the Episcopal Church, and that was definitely the mm. experience for me. Right. Um and then also relating to her idea somewhere in here that what she likes about the Episcopal Church is it doesn't feel like they're trying. Like they're not mm. they're not trying hard to be something they're just themselves. And right. having attended one for a period of time, I would say that's very much the case. You know, they have their liturgy and their service and their traditions and they just do them. And that's kind of that. They just kind of stand on their own. right?
1: So I mean, go ahead. Well, how did you find you attended for a time and what's funny. <laughs>
0: so I liked what I liked about the services to a certain extent was that they weren't overly long, but okay. <laughs> I did find though that in certain seasons, like around, I think it was Easter and Pentecost, like the services would get longer. The liturgy would expand but, but I tended to prefer the shorter one. Right. The I don't know what they call it. Ordinary time or there's some name for it that I'm
1: missing. Oh, okay. It's not a sort of a special event like Easter or Christmas or some yeah, lead but up I, to I, those.
0: But what I recall is the 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 lead up to them and then thereafter the liturgy would change for a while and then it would mm. revert back to a more simple form. But this article seems to be kind of talking about, you know why church attendance is declining. And then she's talking about how, you know, it sounds like she does some type of consulting or speaking and people are curious about, you know, increasing church attendance. And I was struck by this idea that, which I've had, I've been admonished by, I don't know, three or four people, which is, you know, are you going to church? Mm-hmm. The question kind of stops there. It's not like, How are you feeling about God? What do you think about God? Where are you at Mm -hmm. in your thinking about God? Or what questions do you have? It's just, are you going to church? And there's only one correct answer, which is yes. (laughs) But I think as we've discussed before, I feel like it misses so much. It just assumes that if you go to church, you're going to a good one. Right. Well, I don't know if there's a good or bad one, but that, that, you know, truth is being spoken there because it's a church. And so, you know, you could be doing any number of horrendously egregious things in your life, but you know, if you're able to tell that person you're going to church, you get the checkbox.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I guess I guess what I I read this article and I was confused by it. You know, um, I found it confusing because I, I I guess like when you're talking about a good church or a bad church, and and you know you already read a couple of uh you read the 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 question about you know two screens in a worship band was kind of great um and now we're kind of being this pushback to liturgical style and there was a a quote from the author in there um nine times out of ten somebody in the back room raises their hand so you're saying we need to bring in a cooler worship band and 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 she kind of bangs her head on the you know proverbially bangs her head on the table and it's frustrated with people who who aren't who aren't getting it. But I guess to be honest, I'm not getting this 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 article overly. I mean, I I get it in its most basic sense. That very intro piece you uh, quotation you read about looking for a community that calls them to deeper meaning. I think the problem isn't so much that people are out there looking for something, but that the people inside quote unquote don't know who to be. It's not about so much about doing. I think the doing is part of, it's important, but they don't know so much who to be. And I think we've kind of characterized this as a, uh, you know, I think we've, we've, we've misrepresented it. I, I don't think that um, this is an issue of church decline so much as lack of church credibility. I think that's what we're facing now. So I, I don't know if that's a comment towards Rachel Held's perspective or just saying that for me, as I was reading through this and engaging with it, on the one hand, I mean, I want a church that works, but nowhere do we have any sense of what that would be. And so I guess my question to you was, what worked about the liturgical style, or what worked about being there, and then what didn't work? Because for you, you're not still there.
0: Yeah, I would say what worked was that it it wasn't well, what really worked for me was that it wasn't overly emotional. Ah. I didn't feel like they were ever trying to evoke an, an emotion. They were not... I didn't feel like any emotions were trying to be evoked inside of me. Right. Whereas in the... <laughs> I used to call it Mr. Microphone. You know, the the guy the guy walking around on stage with the wireless microphone and, you know, the lights would dim and the music would come <laughs> up and, you know, singing really earnestly and... Uh I just did not relate to any of that stuff at all. I mean sometimes I'd get kind of swept away emotionally and be like, Oh, this feels really good. Oh, it feels like God's here. But it, in in terms of a lot of the words of the songs and what you know the words were purporting to commit to doing or being, I was like, Well, I don't know. So yeah. Okay. So that's so, so that's what I liked about the Episcopal Church is that, you know, it just um. yeah it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't requiring anything of me it was letting me just be me yeah
1: that's that's what I heard you saying
0: and long. I think I found the same thing yeah and so that's so what's interesting though is so she's talking about you know in I, I feel like I think you're right to a certain extent that the like the main I think I just resonated with some of the things that she mentioned in the article but to your point about being a little confused it the, the article seems to kind of <laughs> it's kind of a scattershot approach to several different topics, like right um she talks about you know the church hour is the loneliest hour of her week because she fell out of step with the people around her. Well, I could totally relate to that um and then it talks about you know then she talks a little bit about you know church being a duty and that it's a box you have to check and so yeah, I relate to that as well, which I alluded to earlier. Um but and so it seems to kind of be focused around this idea of this obligation of going to church, but also talking about well how to get people to come to your church and how that's kind of missing the point. And then I'm the the thing that that the question that came to my mind was, well could it be that that One of the reasons that these churches are not engaging places that people want to be is because the people that are there, and I used to be one of those people and I'm not anymore, mm-hmm. they're there because they feel obligated to be there. They have mm-hmm. to be there to check the box because if they're not there, someone's going to be disappointed or giving them a big massive guilt trip about how you know their life's going to go down the toilet or they're going to do a whole bunch of horrible, bad things if they, they aren't in church and they aren't, you know, they don't have that check and balance in their life. They're just going to go off on their own and do all kinds of crazy stuff. And so being in church, it it solves all those problems. And I'm not, I'm not saying though, that I think there is a value for doing things on a routine for going, for being accountable to certain things or be reminded of certain things on a consistent basis. I think there's total value in that. So I'm not saying that it's completely without value, but if you're, if you're, if you're congregating with a whole people that are congregating because they should not because Mm -hmm. they want to, that's going to have somewhat of a different vibe to it. I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would really agree. And I guess maybe that's, you, you've, you're helping me a little bit unpack what, why it is that, that for me, I just don't resonate at all with this because that whole idea of obligation is something that I lost. Like it's been so long ago that I left church and i back really in But it's really hard to get rid of that. It, it, okay, well, yeah, well, talk to me a little bit more about that. because Well, because
0: it was for, again, it's for years and years and years and years and years. You've got to go to church. You have to go. And if you don't th- like there there's just no room for not going to church. So how long ago did you stop going? Mm, 4 years? 3 years, 4 years. I've lost track. <laughs> okay. I used to know off the I thought my head, okay. I'd have
1: to I'd have to yeah, I don't know, 3 or 4 years. And, and uh, I guess you s- probably still have moments when you might run into people who who might kind of convey to you that you should be going. Yes. Okay.
0: Yes. And how long did sometimes in very yeah, my most recent experience was um I'd rather not say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll leave that one out. Uh, leave that interesting piece for another moment. Um well, how long did it take before you without any prompting from somebody else before you were not having a voice in your head? On a Saturday probably, night or Sunday morning. <laughs> probably about saying, three years. Like, really? It took a
0: long, long time.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But,
0: but it also caused all this incredible tension and frustration because it's like, oh, I know I'm really supposed to be going to church today, but I'm not. But when I go, I just get frustrated, and I don't feel any connection to either God or the other people or that the other people really understand where I'm at. And mm. so... But I'm going because I'm supposed to because someday, hopefully, eventually, sometime in the future, it's all just going to come into focus and work. So I'll just keep trying.
1: So it's the try harder sort of thing. Yeah.
0: So just keep just keep going. and then, And then, you know, and then you talk to some people and they're like, well, you know, the church is made up of fallen people and, you know, we're all affected by sin. And so there is no perfect church out there. I'm like well okay yeah I, I agree with that to a certain extent but yeah i don't know then it, it all i think for me it just all kind of came back to i'm doing this because i'm supposed to and because i'm afraid of what will happen if i stop right. going so i
1: better go right so you've got obligation <laughs> in there you've got some guilt and you've definitely got some fear yes yeah. how much how much loneliness was involved was there any loneliness involved and how if so how much and when did that surface in terms of i'd really like to be going i'd really like to be connecting with people on on this wavelength
0: i don't yeah i don't totally relate to the lonely thing i do remember okay. i do remember like shortly after starting my career and all that i do remember a couple years in thinking you know i'd rather hang out with these people from work at happy hour than you know go to the singles Sunday school group class or whatever it was at the time. You know, they're like, again, it was, in hindsight, I just, <laughs> there were a lot of people there because you're supposed to be at church, so here we are. And, yeah, I remember just, just really enjoying just hanging out with these other people and just thinking, this is more fun. And I didn't, I wasn't, like, exactly living the same lifestyle they were leaving e- living either. It mm-hmm. was just that we were just people hanging out and they were drinking as many drinks as they want as they could and i was drinking water like yeah <laughs> it was, yeah it's it fine but you had some sort of connection there it sounds like yeah there was a con- oh, that's a good question yeah i think there was a connection around there was def well there was definitely so this is when i was working at the bank and then public accounting there there was a def definite level of commiseration cuz mm-hmm. a lot of the work we were doing was tedious uh nobody ever likes to see an auditor Huh. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't the the most fun work I've ever done in my life.
1: Right now, let me let me put two things. Well, I'm going to try to put two things together. I just want you to tell me how well they go together. So you said it's been about four years since you've been you stopped going to church, and it's taken about three of those four years for you to to not be the one yourself who's sort of priming yourself in your own mind or whatever on a Sunday morning having this reflexive kind of I should be going to church thing. This kind of auto stimulating guilt, if you like. Mm-hmm. But also, over the past, I mean, how long has it been now? It's been at least two years. It's been three. Has it been three years? You and I have been discussing some of this stuff.
0: I think it started in 2012.
1: Yeah. August
0: 2012, I think, is when it, we were talking before that, but I think that's when we kind of started recording and said, I don't know what, maybe this will turn into something.
1: Yeah. So maybe we'd even started, I I wonder if we'd even started those conversations in the winter of 2012, yeah, yeah. early 2012. And I guess I'm wondering, how much do you think uh, this kind of pursuit that you've been on to 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 know more and to investigate things more deeply, how much has that played a role in how what you think about church? How much has that played a role in this sort of uh, self-stimulating guilt about not being there on a Sunday? How much does that help that? How abate that or make it stop? I don't know. It's funny. I'd see them
0: as almost separate. Okay. Like, I don't. Yeah, I mean, we stopped going because we were so frustrated. But it was. We were coming home more angry than we were like happy or inspired or whatever the right positive words were. Right. So. I don't know that we stopped going because of the study and stuff, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I,
1: I see them as somewhat not related, but at, Hmm, I guess I'm wondering I, what, to what degree do you have more peace now because you have dug into certain things and see them in a different way? You know, we talked about, I don't know the five star review versus the one star. Yeah, review. Yeah. No. Okay. Out? So
0: related to that, I'm still a little puzzled. Like I'm still, I guess I still kind of hold it in tension. Yeah. So we talked about the the five star reviews for not a fan versus our own assessment mm-hmm. uh, in some very early episodes. I think that was episode number five. Mm. Um, could be wrong there, but the sense that it does seem to be meaningful for lots of people.
1: What? What does church? F- like f- they, church? Okay.
0: Like I'm not discounting. I I'm not second guessing. Like. I think of the people that I know that go to church and they seem to get a, they seem to get a lot out of going. They seem to like going. It seems to do something for them. And so even though I might go to that same church service occasionally with them and not really get anything out of it or find some of the message to be kind of incoherent or questionable, you know, it's still doing something for them. So I'm I'm still, to a certain degree, I'm like, well, there's all these churches that seem to be thriving around where I live and people are going to them and are all those people going out of obligation? I don't think so. So so it's kind of a puzzle to me. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I just, it's a mystery. How's that? There's a favorite one. It's a mystery. Yeah, it's a mystery to me. I don't know. And I don't spend, yeah, I there's so many other things I'm interested in. I guess I really, I really don't have a lot of interest in figuring out why. Okay,
1: sure. Well, that's fair. Well, you know, as we talk about this article, it's making me think about some of our. You know, we had a discussion um, a while back about an article on uh, a decline of in, in biblical literacy. That people aren't reading their Bibles, they're not studying their Bibles, and they're not Christians. Episode reading, fifty-four. Ugh, you're also <laughs> on the money. <laughs> what's going on today?
0: But yeah, yeah, that was the one from the Biola magazine.
1: Yeah, and and I guess we both kind of were we're asking ourselves the big question: Why, if this is happening, why is this happening? And this certainly wasn't addressed. I, I think I, the person suggested video games are popular, and uh, social media is taking up our time. Right. And if you're doing more of that than reading the Bible, bad person. Bad you. Yeah, exactly. And, um, I, I guess, yeah, I mean, I, I had some of the same, the same questions here about, about this article. Um, and your perspective is really interesting. I guess when you say that you, well, you also touched on something that I, I wasn't quite sure because you, you came, you, you had been framing it as, you know, I don't, connect with these people, this isn't meaningful, it's not coherent, but then you would say, you mentioned that you would, you know, come home angrier or in a more negative frame of mind than you went, and I wondered about the angry part, because that, you hadn't mentioned that before.
0: Well, the angry part, I I think I have talked about this a few times, the angry part was uh, walking, working through a particular book of the Bible, I think mm-hmm. it was Isaiah, and being told, about what Isaiah was saying to, quote, us, Uh, you and me, and then coming home and doing my own homework and looking those same verses up and comparing it to the message and the notes I'd written down in the service to what I was seeing in the Bible. And I was just like, this is like your agenda. This isn't in the Bible. uh, So so it was, was, yeah, it was a sense of, um, it was a sense of frustration, like, okay, well, everyone else is hearing this and seems to really be moved by it and it's helpful to them but i'm reading i'm i'm doing my own work here and it, it doesn't make any sense
1: mhm
0: so or it would be I, it's so long ago now i can't even remember i i just remember arguing with my wife about different things on the way home about the message or hmm certain i can't even remember what they were now but but yeah we just kind of finally came to this place we're like you know this doesn't make a lot of sense <laughs> we're going to this place that we're supposed to go to that's supposed to help us be to know god better and instead of it helping us to know god better and we did this we did this small group and we did the retreat and then we you know we we tried to give it a fair shake mm-hmm. but we're like well the intended benefits here aren't really happening for us. So it seemed like it would be better to just stop going. So we did.
1: So I, I really want to push you on this. <laughs> push away. I want to push you on this disconnect because on the one hand, you're saying you, you, you and I, I know you and I, and I wasn't, I didn't participate in any of this. I wasn't there for any of these services, but I'm sure that you did give it a really good shake. And yet, you know, you go to the small group, you go to the retreat and you're not connecting or, you know, we've talked a lot about the courtesy nod and I'm assuming you probably went <laughs> through it. I gave
0: a, it and received it. <laughs> yeah.
1: But why, if you're trying really hard and why, if these folks can't all be not enjoying it or not all be feeling alienated, why can't, you know, what do you attribute your lack of connection to? Well, I've always attributed
0: it to me. Well, I don't know. That's not fair. I guess I attribute some of it to them and some of it mostly to me, though. You know, it's like, well, I mean, but it's like, well, it's like Christianity. It's like I've tried so hard for so long to, like, know God, like the people around me know God, but it didn't work. So I concluded, well, there must be something wrong with me or I haven't waited long enough. And these days I'm leaning more in the direction of, well, I guess I just need to keep hanging in there and talking to you and reading stuff
1: and waiting for God to do whatever he's supposed to do. But it sounds like from what you're describing that you had a certain set of expectations from somewhere and those expectations didn't pan out. And a yeah, lot that's, of that's fair. Okay. And you're saying that in terms of church, that's some to do with the folks there and some to do with you, but maybe more to do with you. Have I heard that Right.
0: Mm, what about what's the part about me though?
1: Well, I said, you know, what's how do you bridge the difference between, you know, you're you're not connecting with these people, and yet you're saying that they're probably not all discontented with church. They're not all kind of, you know, some of them are if ostensibly enjoying this experience or it's working out well for them, and yet you can't connect with them, you know, and you are. I mean, we've we've I've known you a long enough time, but if I if I didn't have that to go on, like we've got eighty some odd uh, episodes here, and uh, you know, you're I, I would say that you, you're not just interested in authenticity; you're, you're on a quest for authenticity, which I find admirable. But I hardly believe then that if that's the type of person I know you to be, that you're not doing that there too. So if you're hmm. a guy who's looking for things that are authentic, and I think, I would say I've grown. Okay. I would say, that's a really interesting,
0: I would say, I'm going to pat myself on the back. I'd say, <laughs> Dude, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> same. let me just make sure I don't break my arm. Um, <laughs> I, I think in the four or five years since that time, I would uh-huh. say I've become much more authentic. Okay. Much more vulnerable, much more putting myself out there, much more, this is who I am. Hopefully you'll like it. If you don't, mm, that'll be kind of hard for me to hear, but okay. I mean, this podcast is is, is totally that in that mode. Right. Because I knew when they did this, it was like, whoa, I'm just going to put everything out there and say, I don't know. Or I got problems with this. Or, <laughs> wow, I thought John Polster was a, you know, whatever. And he's in this family that's, you know, long history of this and wait, he's not exactly towing the line here. Uh-oh. What okay. does that say about him? And instead it, it, it gave me more confidence and more freedom to just be me because I did it and then nothing bad happened. <laughs> right. Interesting. So well, I don't know. So, so thinking back four or five years, was I as out there and authentic and as forthcoming as I am in our conversations here? No, I don't think I was. And right. there are times when I would love to go back to some of these settings and just see what happens, like go to a normal Bible study and see if I could keep my mouth shut or ask some <laughs> questions and be like, "Well, you know, they would push the conversation
1: right, well, I guess I see what you're saying. There's a certain sense in which you you do have a responsibility for opening your mouth, saying some of those things, or one does right we do um I get my hunch is still though that you were seeking those things even if you weren't being really upfront and kind of obvious about mm-hmm. that fact. That's right? fair. I mean, yeah, I that's don't know. That's who I know you to be.
0: Yeah, and I, but I guess then I would like, yeah, if I were to go down, I could also go down the trail and say, well, but I'm an introvert and, you know, I have a few close friends. I'm not one of those big people that's got like, you know, I walk into a room and all 25 people turn around to, you know, say, hey, what's going
1: on? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. The issue that you're expressing there, and I think the, the way that the, – the, the confusion that I'm having about this article, I, th- I think are very uh, – they're linked in the sense that I think we need a way of, of explaining, even if it's just to ourselves, you know what, what's going on with situations where people are dropping off. Because if you're not looking for certain, I don't know, bells and smells – Right? You're not looking for uh, a particular worship band or a style of music or a style of presentation. If you're looking to, to feel connected, and I guess this was the other thing that I found extremely just, just unintelligible about this, this um, article when she talks about, you know, I never really fit in. And also just felt really sort of lonely, I guess, even though I was surrounded by really good people who loved me and supported me and knew me better than anyone else in the world. The church hour was still the loneliest hour of my week because I felt so out of step with the way the people around me thought and engaged the world. And as wonderful as they were and as good of people as they were, I just wasn't buying it anymore. And I just don't think those things go together.
0: Yeah, I, 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 there, I,
1: There's a huge I, inconsistency in that for me.
0: Okay. I think I see. Yeah. When you first raised that, I was like, I think you're being too picky. But now when I look at it and think about it, it's like, yeah, I wouldn't feel loved and surprised. Well, I don't feel loved and supported by people that I don't feel like understand me.
1: Yeah, I don't know how that can possibly happen. Or people who aren't really engaged with some of the things that I find to be most crucial. And if this person, if uh, the interviewee is saying that she uh, is having a, a bunch of questions about, even if even if internally, right, a bunch of questions about uh, how Christianity goes together with real life, where the interface is and how these things can be not just coherent, but sort of vibrantly interrelated, then I'm not sure how you can be with a community of people who ostensibly are committed to both those things, right? They're committed to Christianity and they're committed to real life in a big way in both, both of them. And yet they're not on track or on course with the type of discussions that are needed so that somebody ends up feeling alienated. Like that just doesn't make. There's something wrong there for me, and I guess that's what I, where I'm pushing. My pushback in this is there's something essentially not right with the descriptions we're giving of these people, the descriptions we're giving of these environments, and those descriptions maybe we're giving of ourselves. But I think you know I'm not going to doubt that somebody's not buying it. I do doubt that there's sincerity and authenticity in an environment where somebody can be you know find themselves and and feel that they're with quote unquote good people who are quote unquote loving who don't seek to integrate these two things because what that tells me baseline and and that you may find this excessive some people may find this offensive is that these people aren't loving themselves and if they're not loving themselves I'm not sure how they're loving anybody else because I don't believe that as a Christian if you are trying to live your life so that uh you know, Christian faith somehow works. It's this thing that's I, I don't know whether you think it's running smoothly or clunking along, it's it's still running. And you, you know, you live your life in the real world, but you have no sense of how these things interrelate. I just don't see that as being self-love or representing a self-loving uh kind of stance. Because it we're kind of sectioning ourselves off. It's 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 got to be one of the greatest definitions in my mind for an authenticity I can imagine. And so that's why this, this, this doesn't work for me, because I think to myself, well, it doesn't happen very often that we find churches where this type of integration is prevalent, Or or it doesn't even have to be there already, but there can be a, a sufficient degree of openness, right? Because I think some of this stuff as we've been talking about, requires a degree of expertise. And I've been blogging about this for a while. This notion of second opinions in terms of faith and matters relating to Christian faith, and it's you're not just going to walk down the street or you know turn to somebody beside you and say, "Yeah, you know, I uh, my my Christian faith isn't working out too well, and I, I think I need a second opinion." What do you think about this? Well, you know, you're looking for a degree of expertise, which you're not necessarily going to find in, in the pew next to you because m- maybe if you were the situation wouldn't have arisen in the first place. You might be, the, the, the environment might be different. So I guess, yeah, that's, that's where I'm kind of going with my pushing. I'd push you and I'd probably want to push this author. Um, I don't think that there's a sufficient degree of understanding of what we need, you know, because it seems to me to be someone who's saying, gee, this should work. And I'm not sure why it's not working, but it's not. And I've just got to go. Whereas I think we need to come to the place where we can say, "Well, I can say why it's what, not working. It's not working because these are these these are crucial realities that I live in: Christian thought, human existence, and if these two things aren't being put well together, okay, put together well in the environment that I'm supposed to be essentially seeing them both, which is church. Church should be about real life and Christianity interfacing well. Then there's something wrong with the church."
0: Thanks for listening to the Untangling Christianity podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts or questions on this episode, so leave a comment at the website, untanglingchristianity.com slash 88. We also invite you to join our private Facebook group. To receive an invitation, send an email to feedback at untanglingchristianity.com and tell us your biggest need or problem when it comes to Christianity. We'll get an invitation right out to you. Music on this podcast is made possible by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com and is licensed under a Creative Commons license. Tune in next week for a new episode.